Hey kids, it is me, your dude, Icy Robots, and we're back for another super exciting, super fun episode of World Famous. We're going to open up a toy, we're going to talk about Christmas, we're going to talk about my top five Christmas foods of all the times in space. It's going to be great. Until we get there, Grandmaster Grandpa, kick that, that beat! Okay, Icy Robot, let's get this party started right. Let's get this party started quickly. This is world's famous with IC robot. Let's give a big shout out to Grandmaster Grandpa. Dude's always here rocking the wheels of steel. Number one DJ from the uh, Tokyo region. Great, great guy. He and I hang out from time to time. And I gotta say, he's usually a delight. Sometimes he's a bit grumpy, but you know, aren't we all? We're entering, entering the Christmas season. It's almost upon us, that wonderful time of the year. Honestly, this is probably the best time of the year. You know, the, the weather is a bit cold, which I always like. Right now it's raining. It's raining here in lovely Santa Rosa, which is always always something that we need i love the i love the rainy cold foggy weather that's what um that's what you get for christmas around here and i'm thinking i'm thinking this year is going to be a really good christmas for us i don't know i'm not sure if i've mentioned this before or talked about this before but my parents have gone ahead and moved back to santa rosa they moved to arizona for a while but they decided they didn't like it there very much and they moved back. Anyone who lives here knows that it's really hard to move back. If you move away, it's like really hard to get back in. There's like a housing shortage. It's super expensive to live here. And they were lucky enough to find a nice place that they bought and now live in. And here's the best part. It is like five minutes away from the Earth base. I'm not even kidding. I'm talking five minutes on a bike. I get on my bike. I ride right over there. It's so close. I could, if I was on my roof, I think that I could see their place from my vantage point. And that's, that's really nice because I got to admit, Christmas has been kind of a bummer for me since they left. I, I consider myself to be like a family man. You know, I'm close to my family. I love them. I like to be around them. And with the, with them out of my life, it was really, it was really sad. But they decided, you know, they needed uh, less rain, less bad weather and all that stuff. But I think once they moved to Arizona, they saw that the weather there is much, much, much worse. Like, I think the temperature there averages like 120 degrees during the day, every single day. And I don't know who could. I don't know outside of a Johnny Storm who could survive something like that. So... They're back. It's great. We're going to have an actual Christmas dinner, which we haven't done for a while. Sure, me, the wife, and the kid all get together and we have Christmas dinner, but it's not It's not the same for these kind of things. Numbers really, they really do make the event, and they're really just like, they sell the whole thing. They make the whole thing fun. It's going to be nice to have them here. We have the house all decorated, which is something we do every year. I got the blow mold out in the front yard. Big shout out to the necrotic doctor. Number one blow mold collector on the East Coast. Dude is an absolute legend when it comes to blow molds. But my collection is not bad either. We got we got Santa and Mrs. Claus in one location. And then another side location, we have a snowman family with a boy, a girl, and a baby little baby snowman. Then we have like a neat nutcracker. We have a couple big candy canes that are out there. We have like an elf on a candy cane. It's like, it's just really great. I love Christmas. We have a big... A big fat Santa face. It's like maybe two feet long by two feet. I don't know if it's a perfect circle. Imagine, imagine like an oval, an oval shaped Santa face that we hang on the wall with lights on it. I, I love to decorate. I love the interior decorations. We have tons of elves. We have all kinds of deer. There's all kinds of Christmas deer. If you're in the, 
I suppose they're reindeer, but if you're in the Christmas collecting game, they make these, like, these varieties of small flocked Christmas reindeers. Most of them are red, some are green. We have a number of those. We have a number of little elves with a uh, with little knees that bend. They're called knee bender elves. If you're in the game of collecting these kind of things, Christmas is just fun, dude. Christmas, Christmas is a wonderful time. We got to go out and get our toys for tots gifts. That's something that we do every year, which is always a nice way to uh, spend your money. On the holidays, give it to those who don't have as much as you do, which is really the true, in fact, spirit of the holidays. Got to do that. What do you think would be a good a good gift for these young tots out there? One year I gave Migos. I gave Amigo Frankenstein and Amigo Dracula. I thought that was like an awesome gift. I imagine some little kid opening up a Frankenstein and playing with that on Christmas morning. I like to get, I like to get like cool action figures, you know, like maybe like some AEW action figures. Maybe I could find like a Hangman page or a Orange Cassidy and give that to one of the youths. Maybe I'll get like, maybe like a NECA, like a NECA Jaws action figure. I could get like a Quint that I'm going to give to some kid, give him a little Quint. I think that would be fun. If you have any ideas, hit me up. This is me, I see robots. Hit me up. I would love to hear any ideas for Christmas gifts. If you yourself don't give to the Toys for Tots, I gotta say, whatever version of this thing you have around you, give something to it. It'll make you feel good, and it will improve somebody else's life. We're gonna move forward right now. Gonna open up a action figure. A toy, rather, I think. Ah! Uh, ah! Uh. And now, I see Robot will open up a Play Mobile toy that was acquired on a trip to Mexico City that his old lady took this year. I, I love the colorful clothes you wear. Yes, that is correct. This Playmobil in my hand came direct to me from Mexico City. It's pretty cool, man. The wife picked it up at a toy store in the airport. It was it was relatively inexpensive, she said. I forget how many pesos it was, but it was it was far less than what a set like this goes for in the the United States. It's small though. It's like it's like one of the individual figure packs. It's Playmobil number 70882, the DJ. It's a DJ set, a girl who's the DJ and then some turntables, a microphone, a computer, and all that stuff. It's really great. Back when, back when I was a young sprat, this was when we first moved to California, I had a Playmobil of a Union soldier, like just a standard Union soldier with a beard, just one guy on a horse, and I used to play with him all the time. I had this thing in the side yard. It was like, it was like a little muddy area. I think you, I think it was a planter box, now that I think about it. It was probably, probably like an abandoned planter box, and I would play in there with him, and I would like, I built him a house out of mud, like a little cabin out of mud, and I used sticks for the roof and stuff, and I pretended like the war was over. The war had ended, and our guy was out here living by himself, just trying to forget the horrors of what he saw. For some reason, I went through, like, this phase where I read a lot about the Civil War. I don't know why. I was a nerdy kid. I would just go through the library and look at stuff, but I was I was really interested in the war between the states, and I pretended this guy, he fought. He uh, Maybe he was, like, a POW. Maybe he had to guard POWs, but whatever it is, the horrors of the war forced him out by himself self into this this abandoned planter box where he built a cabin out of wood and sticks and he lived out there with his horse. I remember I also had a bucket, like a small 
like a Playmobil bucket. I don't believe that it came with him, but I, I did have it. And he would, he would like carry things around in his bucket. And it was, it was really fun. I honestly spent a lot of time playing this game over, over in the side yard on a Windsor Court. That's where I lived when we, we first moved to Santa Rosa, Windsor Court in Rincon Valley. It was a nice house, pretty big, had a massive backyard with the, with the land of death. I know I've talked about the land of death. That was this big pit in the middle of the yard with like sticks in it. It was all... It was all creeped out. We called it the land of death. If you fell in the land of death, you were doomed. But I didn't I didn't that day. I didn't many other days. I did play with mud in the side yard, but man, I think I think I might go into the online later and see if I can find this exact Union soldier. He had like a kinda like a cowboy hat and he had a beard and stuff. He had a horse, a brown horse. Very cool, man. I really do like Playmobile. The accessories and everything for Playmobile are beyond par. Let's uh Let's take a quick second and find out what even is Playmobil. Playmobil is a German line of toys produced by the Bramstetter Group, headquartered in Zirndorf, Germany. The signature Playmobil toy is a 7.5 centimeter tall human figure with a smiling face, a wide range of accessories, buildings and vehicles, as well as many sorts of animals are also part of the Playmobil line. Alrighty, tidy whitey, we are back. I remember reading somewhere that there are people out there that think that Playmobiles are kind of like a knockoff Lego. And I can say, I never, not never thought that at all. Like, that thought never, not even crossed my mind. I don't know. I guess there is some similarity in that they're kind of, kind of like modular figures with a smiley face. But Playmobiles aren't like building blocks, so I don't know. I can see the similarities, but I don't. I do not think that they are knockoff at all. Let's uh, let's take a quick look at what we have here. It's a blue box. The Playmobiles have a signature blue box. It's held together by tape. I don't know who taped it shut, but there is tape all around it. She did buy it from a toy store in in, in the airport, so I know that it's new. But it's all it's all crumpled and squished. Let's get the um, the Vidal Sassoon snippety snip snips. We're just gonna. We're just going to cut into this. I, I don't think the box is going to come out of this unharmed, but that is, uh, that's the life when you're a box, I guess. Let's take a look. We got one bag with a bunch of stuff in it, and then there's this and this, and then there is a, uh, like an instruction thing and a sticker sheet, all kinds of stuff. Two different sticker sheets. There's stickers for the, uh, speakers, and then there is stickers for the front of the DJ display. Let me, um... We're just going to go ahead and we're going to get into this right here. Let's just do it. Let's pour let's pour this out onto the desk. Hopefully nothing falls underneath. We're going to take a look and see what we have in here. The DJ has purple hair, pink hair, I guess you would say. And she has a mask that looks like a fox. That's her her DJ gimmick. She's DJ La Fox. Let's see what the uh what the instructions tell us to do. We're going to unfold this. She has two bracelets, these two small things. One is orange. Put that on her wrist. The other one is green. Put that on her wrist. Then she has a f No, they both go on one arm. These two go on this arm and then there's also another one that goes on this arm. Okay, so then we can put on her mask, her DJ mask. Put that on there. Very cool. Very, very cool. Then you have the two turntables, and they have little slip mats. One is neon orange, one is neon green. You put those on there. Then you attach it to the DJ setup in this fashion, I believe, is the thing to do. It goes like this, like this. Maybe these aren't slip mats. Maybe these are records. And then... The, there are two stylus arms. Put that here. This is really cool, man. Let's put that there, and then we'll put 
the other one here. They even have a little needle at the end. And then she has two speakers. I'm not going to put the stickers on those right now because that is a delicate operation. And I am an oaf. Is there only one speaker? I think there might only be one. One speaker, it goes here. She doesn't have that big bass boom and system, but she does have a little laptop that opens up for DJ stuff. You put that there. Man, this is a this is a ridiculously awesome playset. I'm not even I'm not even kidding. Top notch work all around. Um, what is it supposed to look like when it's done? Let's take a look. Yeah, I think we pretty much got it. Honestly, there's extra bracelets though. I wonder if we can just like run those up her arm and make her look super cool. They're all like they're all clubbed out. You know, they have like that neon color club look. This is aces, honestly. I gotta say, this is like, this is like a 10 star playset, as far as I'm concerned. Why don't we just put the sticker on? Here's one, we're gonna do it. I can't help myself. I'm an oaf though, so the odds are great. Got it, perfect. I'm the best, uh, that goes on there. And then this one, I'm assuming goes into her laptop. She has like a, a pink laptop, very cool. I would imagine it's an Apple. Maybe it's a Chromebook. You never know. What do people DJ with? Probably not Chromebooks, but you never you never know, dude. You never know what people are doing. People do all kinds of different things. I kind of figure everything is probably happening. Like, there probably is somebody who's a very successful DJ with a Chromebook. Probably a DJ with this, DJ with that. I dropped the sticker sheet. Let me grab that. This is the keyboard part. It goes on to the little laptop. Playmobil is top-notch. I don't know if they get the credit for being how good they are, but they're... Their stuff is very nice, very detailed, very cool, very uh, interesting, varied license. They have animals. They have all kinds of different things, man. They make just about everything you could want. And then we have a shiny sticker. This is her DJ logo. There we go. It's all on. It's all together. It's brilliant. One of the greatest things we've ever seen in our lives. Let's put this here. Put her little lappity top right there. I got to say. This might be one of my favorite playsets of all the times and all the space as far as like, I got these turntables now. So now in the future, if I want, I can have other of my figures go on the mix. We can have DJ uh, Crockmaster from G.I. Joe can come in and he can do that. Let's try to straighten this sticker up off and we can straighten it out. Anywho, this is awesome. Playmate set number 70882. If you happen to see it anywhere, I would recommend buying it. You get turntables, you get records, you get a cool DJ with a fox mask. Great stuff, dude. Great, great stuff. Let's move forward into Add to Movies. We're going to talk about a Nicolas Cage movie that I saw that was really good, honestly. In a moment, at the movies, without Ebert, Siskel, or even that dude Roper. But you got Icy Robot, so that's something, right? dreaming about me. You keep popping up in my dreams. Why me? I'm special, I guess. <laughs> I wish that was the one people were dreaming about. Me too. Dream Scenario, now playing at Summerfield Cinema. I saw a Dream Scenario over at Summerfield on a Saturday. It was in one of the smaller theaters in the back, not the two big ones. Number one is the biggest. Number two is about as big. And then they have three, four, five down the hallway. This was in, I believe it would be three, I think. I'm not really sure, but it was like, like a good sized theater. And I would say it was maybe like, it was like one third full, like all the middle area 
was full up and there were like other people on the sides as well. Not like a sellout, but pretty good for a movie like this. They've been playing the trailers for a long time and the premise of the movie seems, it just seems super wild and interesting. Let me read off the the little sheet they give you. When you come into the movie, they give you a little sheet letting you know like what the movie's about, running time and all that stuff. It's nice, man. It's a It's a classy touch. Let's take a look. Hapless family man Paul Matthews, Nicolas Cage, finds his life turned upside down when millions of strangers suddenly start seeing him in their dreams. But when his nighttime appearances take a nightmarish turn, Paul is forced to navigate his newfound stardom in this wickedly entertaining comedy from writer-director Christoph Borgley and producer Ari Aster. You might know Ari Aster from Midsommar, from Hereditary, from Bo is Afraid. Dude makes super scary, super weird movies. This one runs for 102 minutes. And it is rated R. The The trailers for this were fantastic. Like, he just starts popping up in people's dreams. Not ever, not ever, like, as an active participant. At least, at least not at first. Usually he's just kind of in the background, standing there, observing. But then over time, he starts getting into people's nightmares. And he's attacking people. And he's killing people. And people become afraid of him in real life. At first, at first when this happens, he becomes like a meme. He becomes like a meme. People think it's cool. He is the dream guy then they start seeing him as the nightmare guy and things just things just go wrong things go bad this is all in the trailer not giving you any way spoilers it's it's a movie where you know a lot going in like you know a lot you know what's going on you know he's a meme you know all these things but just waiting to see how it turns out and where it goes and it goes in some honestly pretty interesting directions i will say i found this found this to be like super entertaining super intelligent just well-planned out, well-plotted movie, and Nicolas Cage is great in it, dude. He was honestly great. Dude is, he's capable of really fantastic performances when he's given the chance. He, he seems like the kind of dude, he likes making movies. He just kind of, he's into it, he'll make a, if you offer him a movie, it seems decent, he'll do it. But every once in a while, he comes up with something really interesting. For example, the, the Pig movie from a couple years ago, I think that's on Hulu. I think it's just called Pig. That was good, and there, there's always stuff that pops up that's, that's good for him, and Dream Scenario was definitely one of those. Right now, on Tomatoes, it's 92 with the critics, only 67% with the audience. Maybe it's going over a lot of people's a lot of people's head. It is a bit arty-farty. Opening weekend, it made $3.3 million. In the movie also is uh, Julian Nicholson, who you might know from Black Rain. You might know her from any number of things. She's been around. She plays his wife. Also, Michael Sarah is in it. I I like Michael Sarah. I think some people don't because he, he always just does his Michael Sarah thing. But in this one, he's actually doing something different. He's doing a little bit of a little bit of acting. And I'm not saying he's not acting in the first place because you know the Michael Sarah character he plays is definitely acting, but in this one, he's playing something different than you expect from the from Michael Sarah. And I, I enjoyed that. I just I had a really good time with this one. The whole time I was into it. Sometimes you're watching a movie and you kind of know the pattern of movie. You know, first chapter introduced the characters, middle part, you, they some things happen and then then they kind of end. You know that. And this one, this one kind of it has more of like an unconventional flow. Things go in different directions. 
the tone of the movie makes you feel like, you know, I don't know if this is going to have a happy ending or a sad ending or what. You just, you have no idea. And that is a lot of fun. Anytime I can go to the movies and be surprised. Anytime I can go and not know what's going on. I'm very, very happening. And I don't mean to say I don't know what's going on as far as, like, I'm confused. What I mean is, like, the flow of the story takes it in directions that I didn't expect. I really like that. Had a good time with this one. So... With all that said, on the good old-fashioned Source Magazine Mike Meter with one being a dud and five being an all-time classic, I give Dream Scenario a very solid four mics. Four mics. Four mics. Why is it world famous if, like, literally less than, like, nobody has ever heard of it? Charge it. Is this, like, an attempt at irony or something? I don't get it. Charge it. This Week in Japanese League Baseball. This is Derek for This Week in Japanese League Baseball. The romance between J-Pop slash J-Goth star, Black October and NPB rookie great, Steve Balboni Jr. took an interesting turn this week. The two were seen leaving famed recording studio Tokyo Tonys. That in itself isn't strange but what is interesting is that Balboni Jr. was seen carrying a guitar and also a wooden flute which he was playing while walking. The sound of the flute was so beautiful that some onlookers or onhearers, fainted at the sound of the magical tones. Who knew that Balboni Jr. was an accomplished wooden flute player? Will he be on Black October's upcoming record which is rumored to be called December is now year round? Let's hope so because that would be awesome. This is Derek for This Week in Japanese League Baseball. That was This Week in Japanese League Baseball. And now I see Robots is going to run down his top five favorite Christmas foods. That's actually timely and not that bad of an idea for once. Nah, you know what? It's actually a pretty good idea if you really want to get down to the brass tacks. I mean, it's the holidays. Everybody loves a list. Everybody loves food. See, people people seem to like it when I talk about food. I don't know why, but that's just something, I guess, that everyone has a relationship with food. I myself, I feel like I have a fairly bad relationship with food. I, at times overeat. I can't control a lot of my urges to eat like potato chips in the middle of the night. I I have this problem where sometimes I'll wake up in the middle of the night and eat peanut butter. It's gotten to the point where I make the uh, the old wife, the love of my life, the air that I breathe, I make her hide the peanut butter somewhere. She still wants it around because she does like a peanut butter sandwich every once in a while, but I'll eat like spoonfuls of it when I'm like half asleep and I just gotta, I gotta stay away. But we're talking about the holidays. So let's get back to it. Christmas is coming. The goose is getting fat. Please put a penny in the old man's hat. We all know that old song. I remember being in kindergarten and we would all sing this. They would have the kindergartners walk around the school and do like caroling. And that was one of the one of the songs that we would sing. But what it makes me think is the Christmas goose. I've never had a Christmas goose. And honestly, I don't think I would eat goose. I don't eat ducks. I go to the park and I feed the ducks. I go to the park and I feed the geese. I think they're great. The idea of eating one wouldn't be very, very uh, appetizing to me. But there are a ton, a ton, a ton of good holiday foods. Aside from Thanksgiving, I think that Christmas, Christmas might be the most eatingest of all the holidays. You have parties with all kinds of hors d'oeuvres. Usually you have like a Christmas dinner and there's all kinds of like cakes 
and cookies and things like that being passed around. So when I think Christmas, aside from presents, aside from trees, aside from Santa, I think about cakes and cookies. I hope you guys have all heard the Sausage-Italian Christmas cookie special that just came out. That was an oldie, but a goodie. It's like your favorite Snoopy Christmas uh, special. It comes out once a year. You get to watch it. You get to you get to bathe yourself in the warm glow of uh, the Sausage-Italian, my good pal Sarah, talking about cookies. That's always fun, but today we're going to talk about some sweets. We're going to talk about some savories. We're going to talk about all kinds of different food-related things. These are the top five things that I look forward to around the Christmas time. These are the things that I myself enjoy. I'm not trying to say that these are the best because I'm sure you all have your own opinions about things that are, that are the best, things that are the worst. So we're just talking about me because this is my show. This is World Famous with Icy Robots. It's not the Atari 2600 game-by-game -game podcast with our good friend Ferg. This is this is my time. This is not the unprofessional outsiders with good pal Mark Alley. This is World Famous with Icy Robots. We're going to talk about the foods I like. So let's, uh, let's hop into this. Derek's here to help out. Let's get into to the number five food. Number five. The cheese ball. Bro, what is that? Do you mean that weird thing with like nuts on the outside of it? Okay. To each their own, I guess. Ah, yes, the good old Christmas cheese ball from Kaukana Farms. I don't know how I was first introduced to this. It kind of it kind of just started showing up at my house, but it was definitely something that I looked forward to every Christmas year. I've never, not never, had a Kaukana cheese ball outside of Christmas. We buy one every year. Every year that I've been off on my own, we get one, we put it out, and we just mac on it, man. Let's, uh, let's take a quick second and learn a little bit about Kaukana Farms and their famed cheese ball. The story of Kaukana spreadable cheese started in the eight-square-mile picturesque city of Kaukana, Wisconsin. This is where a young Hubert Fassbender learned the trade of making cheese in his father's factory, using their own cows as well as neighboring farms. After years of experimenting, he pioneered a method of creating spreadable cheese without heat, known as the cold pack method. Hubert's method included grinding the natural cheeses into a fine texture. He would then combine it with dairy ingredients as well as other flavorful ingredients like wine and spices. What was so revolutionary about his method was how the natural flavors came through and the cheese remained spreadable at room temperatures, unlike processed cheeses or cheese that were combined using heat. Big shout out to Hubert Kaukano for coming up with this delightful cheese ball. Like I said, when I was a youngster, when I was at my parents' house and we were doing like the Christmas stories, the Christmas parties and all that stuff, people would show up and they would bring things and there would be like a table with all kinds of like hors d'oeuvres and whatever. And for whatever reason, I was really attracted to this cheese ball. I've always been a fan of like spreadable cheese. I like cheese whiz. I like brie. I like all those kind of things. And there was something about like this bright orange orb with like weird kind of like nut shavings and stuff on it that really like it really caught my eye. And I would sit around and like slice pieces off and put them on a cracker and mac it. I don't know what it is, dude. There's just there's something about this tangy, delightful cheese ball. Let's uh let's take a quick look. They make all kinds of different flavors. I don't even know which one we get. There's a beer cheese barrel. There's a buffalo style. There is a sharp. There is a port wine cheese ball, smoky cheddar. I think that's the one we get, just kind of based on the color. This one 
is the brightest of all the orange. It has almonds on the top. It's really, really cool. I think they're not too expensive. I think they're like 3 or $4 over at Safeway. If this sounds good to you, hop on over there and get one. You will not go wrong. Number five on my list, the Kaukana Cheese Ball. Shout out to Hubert Kaukana. Let's move forward. Find out number four. Number four. Kalechis. Bro, what even is that? I'm not sure that I've ever even heard that word. Kalechi. Sound weird. It does sound a little weird, but as far as I know, it is pronounced kalachi. Let's take a quick break and we're going to find out a little bit about this very special cookie in my life. Kalachi cookies are typically made from a simple pastry made from cream cheese, butter and flour, folded over a little jam filling. Sometimes they have a cheese or nut filling. They go by a few names depending on which language, Kolatsky, Kolashi, Kolaki, and can be found across Eastern Europe. Some argue they are originally Czech, others say Polish. Many longtime listeners will know that before I lived here in Santa Rosa, I lived back in Illinois. And the town we lived in Illinois, Oak Lawn, Illinois, had a really big Polish-American community. One of our neighbors, our direct next-door neighbor, I'm thinking, right, if you're facing the street, she was on the right side. She was, like, really close friends with my mom. She would come over all the time. Her name was Diane Gingerowski. And around Christmas time, she would always come over to our house and give us a plate of kolachkis, which are these nice cookies made from a soft dough. The ones that she gave us were round. They were kind of circular. And in the middle, they had, like, some sort of a jelly or a jam, usually, like, a red jelly. Red jelly varies. It can either be, like, strawberry or boysenberry, any number of things. But it was usually a red berry, and I always look forward to getting these cookies every year. I would eat them, I would take the plate, I would eat them all to myself. I was uh, a glutton like that back in the day. Still, even to this day, I'm a bit of a cookie glutton, but these these cookies were really neat. They had powdered sugar on them, and I, I loved them a lot. And one year, I brought up to my mom that I really enjoyed these cookies, so she wrote an email back uh, back east, back to Illinois, and she got a hold of Diane Gingerowski, and she got her personal kolache recipe, and she's been making them for me every every year since. As, as many of you know, my parents live in Arizona. I just talked earlier about how they moved back to California, so this year I'm going to have a very exciting Christmas because I'm going to get some of these cookies fresh off the, uh, fresh out of the oven. I think is what I'm meaning to say. I get them. She mails them to me. That's always great. She mails them to me along with a bunch of other Christmas goodies every year. And that's always great. I'm not kidding. It's always great. Gets here priority. Couple days. Shout out to USPS. I think USPS is the best. Hardly ever make a mistake. I mail a lot of packages. They always get them there. I get these cookies. They're still fresh. But now she's down the street. So I'm going to be able to walk over there and get some warm delightful kolaches. It's going to be great. Christmas is great. I'm having a good time this year. This is going to be one of the best Christmases I've ever had in the entirety of my life. I know. I can tell. I can feel it. It's all about Christmas vibes, man. I've had Christmases that were just like straight terrible. And when I look back in retrospect, I realize that that it was me. It was your dude. I was making bad vibes myself and I was doing it to myself. And I'm, I'm trying not to do that in my life. And I think this is something that we all do. You kind of you kind of just start the day or you start the season in kind of like a bad mood, kind of grumpy, kind of in a dark mood. 
maybe you're thinking about all the responsibilities you have in the Christmas season. You got to put up the tree. You got to decorate. You got to put up the lights. You got to go Christmas shopping. You got to do all these things. But what I realize is you can't look at these things as like a drag. You have to look at them as like these are delightful Christmas traditions that you get to do once a year. And it's something that you should look forward to because by and large, our lives are the same. They're the same kind of from week to week. And I'm not saying that's good. I'm not saying that's bad. But we go to work. We come home. We do whatever we do. And it's it's very similar. But then the holidays come around. What makes them so special is it's different. Different things are happening. The house is decorated. It looks different. Everything is fun. There's lights. Houses all around the neighborhood have lights. And it's just you got to look at these things as positive. Don't look at them as a drain. Don't look at them as anything like that. Just enjoy it while it's happening. Enjoy it now. We're going to move forward. Number four on the list, kolaches. I love them. Look it up. Get a recipe. Shout out to Ferg. I imagine this guy Ferg, our good friend, the baker. Ferg, the Atari 2600 Game by Game podcast. I bet he makes a mean kolache. Let's move forward into the next. Your Aunt Kathy's deviled eggs. Yeah, bro. Your Aunt Kathy was a really nice lady. God bless her soul. I remember that one time we had those deviled eggs at your Christmas party a few years ago. They were pretty darn good. Yeah, man, they were pretty darn good. God bless my Aunt Kathy. She was a delightful lady. She's no longer with us. She passed away this two years ago, I think it was. She was a delightful lady, very kind, very charitable, and she made the best deviled eggs I've ever had in my life. This this all stems from back again, back in Illinois. We were having some kind of a cookout over at her house, I would imagine. They were very welcoming. Love to have people over. They had a bigger pool than we had. We both had we both had above ground pools, but theirs had a big deck around it, so you could dive in. It was a lot more fun. So we would go there a lot, and she would always make these deviled eggs after she saw one day she was test driving the deviled eggs. I had never had one before, and I had one. Then I had two, three, four, five, six, probably more than that. And man, I was in love, and she saw me eating these things. And then every year after that. Without a doubt, guaranteed, she would make me a plate of deviled eggs. She was just super nice like that. She was just super nice like that. Very kind lady. She saw that I enjoyed them, and she would remember to make them for me every single time. And now when I go to events over at my uncle's house or over at my cousin's house or whatever, where she would she would typically be, I no longer get the deviled eggs, and it does hurt my heart. It does make me feel bad. I... She was a very kind lady. It's hard to get this one out because I I do miss her a lot. She was just the nicest person ever. And when I think about these deviled eggs, it really really brings back like these warm feelings that I had in my heart. And it's sad. It's just sad to see her go. Sad to think that I'll never, not ever get another one of these delightful deviled eggs with paprika on top, nice and yellow and red, shiny yellow egg, nice white outer, outer egg. Just, they were just great, man. Just creamy and delightful. You guys know what deviled eggs are like. We're going to, we're going to move forward. This one, I had this one planned out, but you know what? Honestly, it's a little rougher than I thought. And we're just going to, we're going to jump ahead. We got a quick station ID and then uh, a PSA. And we will be right back after that with number two and number one. You are listening to I See Robots Radio on 92.3 KRJF in Santa Rosa. Simulcasting on KUTF 88.1 FM in Bodega Bay. We will be right back after this. Hello, this is Noted Cinema Star Gérard de Bardeux, reminding you to maintain LC eating Gabi. Maybe instead of an American hamburger and milkshake with fries and a side of nuggets, 
Consider eating a nice slice of quiche or a bowl of pumpkin soup. Pumpkins are almost in season so pumpkin soup is on the way. You cannot go wrong with pumpkin soup. Try it with a piece of sourdough bread or maybe a handful of crouton. Either way you can't go wrong. If someone offers you some pumpkin soup, put down the filet of fish and McDonald's land cookies and say yes. This has been a message from the Council for Good Tasty Food and Healthy Habits. You are listening to 92.3 KRJF, the only good radio station in Santa Rosa, like literally. We now return you to the list. Number two. Peanut butter cookies with Hershey's Kisses on top. Yeah, that's a great cookie, dude. No argument here. My number two favorite Christmas food of all the times and all the space is a cookie known as, in some circles, called the Peanut Butter Blossom. What it is is a circular peanut butter cookie with a Hershey's Kiss on the top. Very basic, very nice, very sweet, very classic, a classic all-time cookie. I love this one a lot. Peanut butter cookies might be my favorite cookies of all the times and all the space. I'm not even kidding. I love peanut butter cookies. What I like is a really strong peanut butter taste. I really want to taste the peanut butter in the cookie. Sometimes you go, you get one, they're sweet, they're nice, they have like a hint of peanut butter, but I want a very, very, very strong peanut butter taste. And the ones that my mother makes, these are the ones I'm talking about, my mom's cookies. Of course, we all go back to our moms when we're thinking about cookies. The ones I'm talking about are my mom's peanut butter blossoms, and she makes these ones, dude, they're like maybe a uh, I don't know, like an inch and a half across. They're very thick. I prefer like a smaller, thicker peanut butter cookie. Some people like, you know, a big flat one. No shame in my game. I like that one too. When I think of these, I imagine it's like twice as big as a checker, you know, from the game Checkers. And they have, you know, a sweet little dent in the middle and the Hershey's Kiss on top. They're just delightful, dude. Nothing, 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 nothing beats peanut butter and chocolate. Anybody who's ever had a Reese's peanut butter cup, anyone who's ever had, you know, a Reese's candy, Anyone who's ever been walking down the hallway randomly with like a piece of chocolate in their hand, bumped into somebody else with an open jar of peanut butter, collided the two. Your chocolate is in my peanut butter. No, listen here, buddy. Your peanut butter is on my chocolate. Let me taste it. Chomp, chomp, chomp. Hey, that's actually pretty good. Is it good? Let me see. Nom, nom, nom. Yes, that is good. Give it to me and beat it, you hippie. Bro, don't try that stuff with me. Give me the jar and the choco. Take a karate kick in the chest while you are at it, dude. I'll knock the bad vibes out of you. And that was the day that young surfer Johnny Reese's invented the peanut butter cup. Don't be a dummy. Let's, uh, let's just ruminate on this for a second. We got klotchkis. They're great. They're awesome. We got peanut butter blossoms. Fantastic. Awesome. We got deviled eggs. My Aunt Kathy's deviled eggs, which I love, 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 love. We, we have got, got the famous, the famous cheese ball with nuts on the outside. You get it, you cut it, you spread it on a cracker. Cannot be beat. Great snack. Very savory. Reminds me of sitting around my grandma's living room during Christmas, waiting for the chance to open up the presents. The Christmas party was always on Christmas Eve. And we'd go over there, and at this time, we were allowed to open presents from the other relative. Like, let's say my Uncle Pete got me a present. Never happened. Let's just say Uncle Pete got me a present. I would get to open it. Or if my grandmother got me a present, my grandmother always got us something. I would get to open that then. And then on Christmas morning, 
I would open the presents from the family, like from my mom and my dad, the good presents, the Castle Grayskulls, the G.I. Joes, the pack of socks and all those things. Thinking about this cheese ball makes me think about that time. So what could it be? What could be the number one Christmas food in your guy Icy Robot's mind? I don't know. The last four, they're all great. Let's find out. Derek, open the envelope. What is it? Number one. Tamales. Dude, tamales are so good. I bought some from a dude in the park yesterday. So grubbin. I ate two and Big Daddy Craig ate five. That kid can put the food away for sure. Good list, man. Oh, thanks, Derek. I really appreciate that. When you say something nice about me, it really... It really just turns my day up a notch. I seriously mean that. You're a good guy, Derek. You're a good kid. Keep on keeping on. So, yes, my number one Christmas food of all the times and all the spaces is a food known as a tamale, to quote Derek. A tamale is a... You know what a tamale is. I don't even feel like I have to... I don't have to explain any further what a tamale is. If, if you, you don't, don't know, know, you better, better go, go ask, ask somebody, somebody, I guess. To quote, to quote, um, I don't know, any number of people. Jeff Jarrett, I think, said that. At any, at any rate, a tamale is a Christmas tradition around the old Icy Robots house. We've been making tamales since, I don't know, since I was like five, I guess. Every single Christmas, we get together and we make tamales. I used to make them at home with my mom and my grandma and my aunts. Now I make them at my house with my wife, with my mom, with my daughter. All of us get together, make a bunch of tamales, and then we eat them on Christmas Day. We do the tamale making Christmas Eve. That's the Christmas Eve tradition. You sit around, you wrap the tamales, you spread the stuff. Here's how you make a tamale. This isn't gonna take into factor like the making of the chicken or whatever. I'm talking about the actual assembly line production of making a tamale. First thing you do, you reach into the pot, you pull out some of the uh, some of the corn leaves. You have these corn leaves, you get them together. Maybe sometimes you have to take two and overlap them to get them the right size. You lay them down, then you stick your spoon in the big bowl of masa and you spread it all over the wrapper. Not all over, maybe like, you know, all, all through the middle because you're gonna fold it over. You fold it over, you spread it through the middle and then you reach in with your other spoon and you get the Whatever it is, your protein is going to be, albeit chicken. Some people like chicken. I myself, I like the red pork. So you get the red pork, you spread it in the middle. You want to get a good amount. You want to get a good amount, but not too much. You want to have it be nice and full, but not overflowing. And then you just, uh, you wrap it up, you wrap it up, you fold it at the bottom so it doesn't squeeze out, and then you stand it in the pot. That's how you cook a tamale. You stand them up straight, and you kind of go in like a circle all the way around till you get to the middle. And they're all staying in there. Then they get steamed. That's how they cook. I have done this, I think, maybe 15,000 times in my life, made a tamale. I am very, very good at it, believe it or not. I can make a nice tamale. Not too big, not too small. A lot of people, when you first start making tamales, you make them too thick. You make them too big, you fill them with stuff. You fill them with stuff and you have a lot of masa. You're thinking, well, this is gonna be great. It's gonna be nice, overflowing, and it'll be good, it'll be good, is what you're thinking. Nobody goes into it thinking it's gonna be bad. But how it turns out is, too doughy, too whatever. But over time, you get a nice, you get a nice hand of making it not too much masa, not too much stuffing, wrap lightly and they come out perfect they're great we eat the tamales every christmas they're always a hit we always have to make tons and tons extra here's the thing when you make tamales people know you're making tamales and they want some so you got to bring them to work you got to go around and give them to the relatives and i'm not saying this is a bad thing this is a good thing this is another christmas tradition you go out 
you pass the tamales around town, you spread them to your friends, everybody eats tamales. It's just, it's just great, dude. A tamale to me is a very festive food. Sometimes I'll get a tamale out. They have great tamales at the flea market. Thing about tamales is the weirder the place you get them, the better they are. Like our guy Derek, he got some over at the park. He said they were grubbing. I believe it 100%. Anytime you see an abuelita with a pot selling tamales in a public place, get some because they will always be great. That's a fact. Got some at the flea market. They were fantastic. What they do at the flea market is they take them, they put sour cream on top, and then they put cabbage, and then they put like, uh, you know, shredded queso, and then they spread the, uh, the red sauce on the top, and man, they are awesome. They are awesome. Usually, for the Christmas tamales, I'm not saying you eat them plain. You kind of eat them with mole and stuff. You got the mole on top and whatever, but when you go, you get the flea market tamale, you get the, uh, you get the this, you get the that, and it's all great. Tamales are always great. They're so festive. They're so fun. We're running up on it. We've had a lot of fun this episode. We had a lot of fun, but we got to stick to some time constraints because now we're on the radio. Shout out to KRJF. Shout out to KWTF 88.1 in lovely Bodega Bay. We're going to we're going to stop it right now. Hit me up. Hit me up on threads at Icy Robots. Hit me up facebook.com backslash Icy Robots. That's I-S-E-E Robots. I'd love to hear what you think. What are your favorite Christmas foods? Hit me up. We'll be back in a moment. This is Grandmaster Grandpa Live from Tokyo Tony's Recording Studio. I want to wish you a very Merry Christmas and also a Happy New Year. I hope that the future finds you healthy and in good spirits. Try and not worry so much and also try and get more exercise, even if you already think you get a lot. Better too much than too little. Thank you for all the well wishes and Merry Christmas. You know what? Merry Christmas to you too, Grandmaster Grandpa. That was really nice of you to send that message in. He's at Tokyo Tony's right now. I wonder if he's working on the uh, latest Black December record. Him, Steve Balboni, Grandmaster Grandpa. Who knows, man? That is that is an absolute super team. I'm trying to think if there is anything to talk about before we get out of here for the day. Oh, I saw I saw a movie called Godzilla minus one and I would have added this to the at the movies but we'd already recorded that now you know we're moving we're moving forward we're moving in but I want to I want to say I cannot recommend this movie highly enough I heard about it from a good friend of the show Mark Alley dude is a Godzilla enthusiast of the highest order now I myself I've only ever seen like the recent American Godzilla movies not any of the old the Toho ones or whatever and it's not that I think they're whack or anything I don't think they're that at all it's just I wasn't exposed to them as a kid and I just don't think that it's something it's not really like something that you can get into as an adult I don't think maybe you can maybe I'll try I don't know I enjoyed this movie so much that maybe I will go back and look at the other ones. I probably won't, but it's nice to nice to leave that option open. But this movie, Godzilla Minus One, is a Japanese Godzilla film. It's subtitled. It takes place in the days after, after World War II. Japan is in ruins. They've been bombed into nothingness. And then all of a sudden, Godzilla attacks. And before they were at zero, now they're at minus one and the people get together and they try to battle Godzilla. It's a really, really good movie. It deals with PTSD, all these kind of things. I I almost cried. I almost cried toward the end. It's just a fantastic film. I can't recommend it highly enough. Big shout out to you, Mark Alley, for recommending this to us here at IC Robots Radio. Is there anything else? 
before we get out of here, this might be the last show of the year. This is the week before, uh, before Christmas, so I don't know. I don't think we're going to come back till after the New Year's, but you never know, man. Sometimes I think I'm not going to do it, then I find myself with some extra time and I, I do a show. I don't know. Depends how things turn out, but let's, let's just pretend this is the last show of the year. It's been great spending time with you. I think that uh, we're going to be going on to our 10th year, our 10th year of ICR Bus Radio next year. I think it's uh, September. September is the official 10-year anniversary. That's crazy, though. Crazy, though, right? I've been doing this for 10 years. It's uh, bananas, but it's been fun. This year has been especially interesting. Been a lot of fun. Saw a lot of movies. I think all in all, I saw like 87 movies at the movie theater, which is which is a pretty fair amount. I didn't reach 100, but the year before, I only got like 60. So we're definitely looking up in that regard. I want to send want to send a happy Merry Christmas message to everybody out there, all good friends of the show, all listeners on KRJF simulcasting on KWTF 88.1. I want to send a big loving Christmas message to all of you. I think that with all that said, it's time. We're going to call it Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy New Year's. All that good stuff. If you don't like what's going on with the news, feel free to go out there and make some of your own. All right, um, bring an organ. And you know I got to have that. supported endeavor. If you like what we do here and you look forward to new programming, consider helping us to bring fun stuff every week by heading over to supportthereport.com and tossing a few pounds into the hat. It's important to support things that you enjoy. Thanks and have a great week. Supportthereport.com Everybody love everybody. Right there up on the wall. I don't think so. Incredible strength. Mm -hmm. No turning around, no backing up, no selling out, no bowing down, no submit, no compromise. It's gonna be no justice. No justice. All right. Do Hello, this is Derek for the Trash Busters of Santa Rosa Alliance Against Litter. This past week I have seen you guys out there picking up trash and that is awesome. It really is, keep up the good work. But there is something alarming to me that I see on the reg. What is it? Balloons. Latex and Mylar balloons are an environmental menace. This past week I was out kayaking in the Russian River when I saw a trout with a piece of a pink balloon tied around his rear fin. 
the homie was going to die. Luckily, I had a net and was able to save him. I looked at the balloon and it said, Happy birthday, Ben. Happy birthday, but your special balloons almost killed a nice-looking trout. Be more responsible and never, not ever, buy balloons. They are potentially very destructive and are kind of a silly thing to spend your hard-earned money on. This is Derek for KRJF 92.3 and Santa Rosa and the Trash Busters Alliance against balloons and litter of all types. Be a trash buster today, I believe in you. This has been an IC Robots Radio production.